0: Hi, I'm Leola. I'm a sacred intimacy mentor and muse, and the host of this podcast. Talk Tantra to Me introduces a playful perspective on sacred sexuality. My intention in this podcast is to integrate intimacy and spirituality, empowering you to reclaim your eroticism. It is my mission to inspire you to let go of shame, fear, and limiting beliefs to be present as your highest self in every moment. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, let's talk Tantra. Welcome to episode 24 of Talk Tantra to Me. It is such an honor to be holding space for this divine knowledge to make its way into your ears and lifestyle. So today I talked Tantra with Madeline Moon. She is a feminine embodiment and polarity teacher. In this episode, Madeline and I chat about the foundations of masculine and feminine energy, yin and yang, and how they interact in relation to one another, and most importantly, how to use this divine wisdom to empower yourself, your inner divine feminine and inner divine masculine, and also how to infuse your relationship with this divine dynamic awareness. So welcome to the podcast, Madeline. Why don't you start by telling us a bit about your journey with sacred intimacy and how you got into doing this work?
1: So I was I was raised in a very conservative Baptist family. Mm-hmm. My upbringing was one of many rules, much rigidity, and um, purity culture was big. You know, mm-hmm. I was raised in the South, I was raised in Texas, and mm-hmm. not to say that this is the way Christianity is because I've actually come full circle as an adult woman really embodying the teachings of Jesus but more mm-hmm. specifically Mary Magdalene so mm-hmm. I actually love the way that um, like true Christianity what what the message is being of one forgiveness mm-hmm. but the way that I was raised was not so much in mm-hmm. uh, those teachings at all and the and who I was going to be was already predetermined before I had the chance to discover who she mm-hmm. was gonna be. So I, I, ra- I was raised with a lot of um, you know, this kind like, uh, of like hierarchy of men being above women. And I didn't even know that women could feel pleasure in sex. I didn't even know that sex was something that was for love. I, I had no idea about any of these things. The first time I masturbated was in college And I just knew that women bled once a month and it was gross and to hide it. I knew that uh, men, my dad would always tell me that men only want one thing and that's to have sex. How do you know when a boy is lying, when he opens his mouth. There was just a lot Mm. of stuff about men and boys being mistrustworthy, like we cannot trust them for anything. Mm -hmm. And, And girls needing to be pretty and sweet, like we've heard this story so many times. And I was raised in in nothing but that. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I ended up having OCD. I ended up becoming a bodybuilder because my sole focus was how do I create such an intense physical armor that the emotional tenderness is never seen. Mm. I didn't realize that at the time. I just thought I wanted to be one of the dudes. I thought it was so cool to be one of the dudes. I was like, yeah, like, uh, uh, my entire pantry is full of protein, powders and Mm -hmm. casein and bcaas and like you wouldn't know what that is other women because you're not as amazing as i am like i Mm -hmm. really had some self-righteousness around being one of the guys because i was fitting in and where the hierarchy is in my mind of being a a guy so i'm better than when in reality i had i had so much uh self-loathing and worthiness wounds and No connection between my throat, my heart, my uh, my yoni, my 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 cervix. My like there was just everything in my stomach was like this big blockage. Nothing could touch each other from the lower part of my body to the upper part of my body. And the stomach is also where mother wounds live too. Mm. So I had a lot of mother wounding happening as a kid. Also father wounding, plenty of that. (laughs) So whatever, all the parental wounding was in (laughs) my solar plexus. Um, and so I ended up going through that cycle of like disordered eating and limiting my body size as much as possible and having exercise addiction and like running myself into the, into the ground until I essentially tried to disappear. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had several bathroom floor breakdown moments of just like what am I doing like I'm I'm 21 years old. This mm-hmm. this is the best time to be alive. Mm-hmm. This is the most pretty I will ever be. Like I remember having that mm-hmm. thought not to say that is that is a thing that should help get you through it, but at that time it was like anything that could help me get out of that mm-hmm. space I needed. And I that was when I was 22 as I started having those those big wake-up call moments. I'm 29 now, so since that time, till now, I've um, I, I've built business, i built a business, I had a podcast, I did so many different retreats, and teaching, and writing books, and, and really cultivating more so at the beginning around how to have this kind of self-acceptance, like very general, basic, but needed to happen. And then around 24, 25, I started I was introduced to feminine and masculine energetics and polarity and shadow work. Mm -hmm. And so today, where I spend all my time, all my focus, is around how do we create... How do we make relationships our spiritual practice? Because where I started in my life was that anything to do with relationship, especially the, the heart of relationship, which is intimacy... Was where God did not live, mm. and now as an adult, I realize there's actually <laughs> it's the deepest place God lives mm. is in the heartbreak, in the loss, in the love, in sexuality, and how do we bring sex, bring our sex into every single thing that we do in our day, mm-hmm. like infuse it, pump it, especially in the triggers of our mm. relationships. Those are the the juicy spots, and that's where we actually meet the parts of ourselves that were shut down when we were kids. And we can go into that more because that's a super like intense topic. But that's kind of a, a look at my background, my journey, and how I got into teaching about um, polarity, and kind of skipped over some of the more um, concrete parts of becoming such a polarity fanatic. Mm. And that hap- that's happened since I was probably twenty-five. But um, I think that overview is pretty important of like the childhood upbringing. To
2: For sure. I definitely resonate with a lot of your story in that my story is very different, but also I went through a lot of like conditioning that caused me to have this like extreme reaction that I then was able to heal from. And like, it's, it's made me good at what I do. And I think that it's like probably the same for you. Like the idea of, like I'm grateful for the opportunities that were super difficult at the time because it it was an initiation into myself. Each of those heartbreaks or each of those really like traumatic experiences became initiations into the work that I'm now doing. So I'm really grateful for that. And I definitely resonate with the story of, I was also very skeptical of religion, like as a kid and You know, it was like the good kids, like it was confusing that I like really was so resistant to religion when like all of the other good kids were like very much drinking the soup, you know? And it it was the same for me that when Mary Magdalene came into my life, things just totally shifted and I started to understand that the holistic teachings that were, you know, original before the Council of Nicaea, before you know, the patriarchy really decided what was Christianity, um, outside of Jesus, that's when things shifted. And, and that, for that part of the story has really brought me a lot of peace mm-hmm. in, in religion and understanding it as well. Um, and also with the idea of this masculine, like my masculine overreaction was to like work a ton. And, you know, I wasn't bodybuilding, but it was this idea of, I need to like do things and get the degree and like, work 12 jobs and um have this much money in my account and it was very much like these concrete like ideas that were the projection of this is what is valued in our society rather than the the element of being with with oneself so but I would love to go into more kind of how you've gone, gone into this feminine and masculine dynamic. You were kind of getting into that and understanding, you know, what, what is that really for people? Like, are these energies, or are we talking about, you know, men and women? Like, what does that mean for you? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So, have you talked about feminine masculine on this? Podcast?
2: I haven't talked on it yet. I intend to do separate episodes about wounded and, you know, more expansive spaces and both of those energies, but you'll kind of be the introduction to that. It's so. great.
1: It's great. I love being able to give the correct de- definition from the start because so many people come on and they're saying that masculine is hustling like on, on social mm. media and it's just not true. It's not true. Mm. And I'm sure you already know that, but other mm. people who don't know that need to know. So, I come from the, uh, the, the, the grandfather of the verbiage that I will be using as David Data. Mm. It, he, it goes way beyond that. Tens of thousands of years, these polarities have been alive since the dawn of time. But I, I've trained with John Wineland and Kendra Kunov, which are two amazing teachers, amongst a few others. And I take what I've learned from them, but I have my own spin on it, so I just want to credit like a lot of this really divine, beautiful insight comes from the years that I spent deep in training with them. Mm. So the masculine in this lineage is consciousness. Mm. It's consciousness, full stop. The feminine is energy. Mm. It's literally energy. So we can look at this on several different planes. We can see this with our physical bodies. So when we use the word embodiment, embodiment of feminine and masculine, what that looks like is the masculine, the primarily masculine practitioner is still, deepening his or her breath, Mm. like really breathing, full bodied, and the legs, if if this, this human is standing, the legs are like tree trunks, just solid, sturdy, and rooted. And if the masculine practitioner's body is meant to be a body of consciousness and depth, this body can't be swaying. Like that's not mm. depth. That's that's movement. That's flow. So if we're talking about polarity, where two people want to embrace the opposite pole, whomever is taking the masculine needs to be really fucking committed to depth, mm. and that is through eye contact. Like eyes being like penetri- penetrative mm. like very deep eye contact do not look away <laughs> it's not an easy position a lot mm. of people think that like oh it's just standing still but it's not mm. you can't look away with the eyes you have to be that lighthouse for the feminine practitioner so if the feminine is one of energy she is constantly revealing through movement mm a so moment to moment, she's changing. She's changing like a tsunami, like a river, like a jungle. It's not the same. It can't be completely rhythmic where it's just the same movement over and over again. It can't be that because if you're in nature, you're always changing. Mm. So polarity is like the act of these two energies feeding off each other. Mm. His depth, his... Uh, penetrating eye contact increases her movement because she loves it and it's bringing pleasure and joy but then perhaps he loses a little bit of his consciousness with her eyes and then she's revealing something new she's revealing a volcano because she just felt dropped and she doesn't fucking like that mm-hmm. so feminine masculine in the work that I do is all about how do we hold our bodies mm-hmm. you're right now in the masculine because you're listening and you're in stillness and you're holding the space Mm-hmm. I'm in the feminine, even though I'm teaching in this moment, mm-hmm. even though I'm talking, which seems pretty masculine, I'm not. Because I'm I'm bringing the energy, I'm bringing the aliveness to this moment. Mm-hmm. But that's just one plane. We have other planes. It's like in our business. How does this work in our business? We have the calendar, which is the masculine. We have the, the art that's created in that event. That's the feminine. Mm-hmm. We have us in this room right now we've got four corners to this room which is the masculine that's holding us both of us as the feminine Mm. so it's happening in 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 all of life in all these different ways which can be really exciting for for nerds like me who just want to like like look for the polarity in all aspects of life all the time because it's just nature Mm -hmm. and it can be a little complicating to people who are very new to this and it's like give me a concrete definition of feminine and masculine because there really isn't one. Mm. It's alive in the ways that it is alive in everything.
2: Mm-hmm. And we have
1: to be the investigators of that. And we have to be curious about that. And and what, where is the energy in any given moment? Where is the consciousness and depths? And how can I embody whatever this moment is calling for more of? Because mm. sometimes the moment will be calling for more energy. Mm. Like you're in a relationship with someone and you're both um, pretty calm. Just a simple example. You're both pretty calm, and you're doing the motions. Maybe you're raising a baby, and you're kind of tired. <laughs> Someone needs to be bringing the energy. Someone mm. needs to bring in more either volcanic anger. I just bring something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be like cute fairy energy. It could be volcanic, Kali Ma, mm. or it can be like little girl, little bad schoolgirl energy, or it could be sacred slut energy, like bring in the slutness, but bring in the energy. Mm. Or the moment could need more depth, where you're both fighting, and you're not getting anywhere. And one of you as a practitioner says, this moment, I'm sensing, needs more depth and less energy. Mm. So that person creates structure to the moment, so that you both can feel heard in that fight. So
2: some examples there beautiful thank you so much such deep wisdom and lovely examples as well thank you for sharing sharing that and really breaking it down i really like this idea of breaking it down into two very simple things and then allowing them to manifest how they wish because i I do agree that there's a lot of projection onto both of these um ideas and energies in the space so it's nice to just have a really beautiful core to come back to so we mentioned kind of how this relates to like our relationships in the world around us. Is there a way that you see that this relates to our inner world or our relationship with
0: ourselves?
1: Oh yeah. Um, give me a, uh, give me a question that's specific to like maybe something you're going through or something a client of yours has gone through or some area where you're like, cause this, again, it's on every plane. Mm. So I want to think about a specific plane, even within yourself that I can give that's a little more directed.
2: Mm, good question. Okay. Let me see how I can, can narrow in on this. Um, I think that maybe a lot of people are single on looking at like nurturing their relationship with themselves as a part of like seducing themselves. Is that a better way to kind of be a little bit more direct? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. So, um, let me, let me come up with some, some example here. So the feminine masculine is existing within all human beings at all times, let's make that very clear. Mm -hmm. We all have the feminine, we all have the masculine. Um, It is only because I have spent so much time building my masculine that my feminine is so wild and alive. Mm -hmm. If I hadn't done that, my feminine would be pretty much in a constant state of trauma and projecting. You can't hold me, like or all men suck, <laughs> like whatever it might be. Because mm-hmm. every time I revealed my feminine, I would I would be met with someone who would uh, sh- quote shut it down or silence me. Like I would be living in my story still. Mm-hmm. I had to cultivate my own very strong divine masculine within to learn that nothing can actually ever be taken from me in the way that I once thought. Mm-hmm. And so. It's kind of like, I used to use this example that I think is a good metaphor for people who are trying, like, people come to me all the time and they're like, my masculine is like down pat, I got it, I'm super masculine but I I struggle with my feminine so much and it's never the case it's never the case, I've never Mm. met anyone, what they mean is my perfectionism is running the show and I would Mm. love more feminine embodiment which that's very valid, but Mm. your masculine is the part of you who can sit still and be present in the midst of chaos. Mm. So how often do we feel like whatever we're moving through in life is, is very uncomfortable and we need to expel energy. Like we got a text that upset us so now we need to go call a friend immediately or masturbate, which is great, but still notice the urge to masturbate immediately mm-hmm. when you're frustrated or maybe you feel like you need to um, immediately get on a dating app. Mm-hmm. Like you just have an urge or you're in the conversation with someone that's heated and you want to cut them off mm-hmm. because you don't like what they're saying and you want to stop it, your masculine is a part of you that can go, okay, I can hold this. And listen, it's like the observer, mm. right? It's the observer of the moment, the observer of your own needs, the part of you that you can fall back into whenever mm. you feel incredibly uncomfortable. That's why a lot of masculine embodiment practice is about breath work.
2: Because mm.
1: breath work is a structure. A lot of times you want to give up. And you got to keep going. And it's uncomfortable at times. Doing like 30 minutes of deep breath work as you're squatting is not easy in the same way that being in a heated moment with your lover is not easy. That's why masculine embodiment practice is all about how do you keep breathing even when you're in the face of the feminine's chaos. Mm. When the feminine's coming at you and she wants this and that and she doesn't like this, how do you stay present for it? Mm. We have to do that for ourselves. How Mm. do we stay present for our own drama, Mm. our own chaos our own fear our own tender little girl or little boy within so that part of you sorry i was going to give you an example of a metaphor and i completely left that (laughs) the metaphor that that i used to feminine it's fine this is what happens when i do in-person interviews because i'm so not used to it i just like i get a little bit ungrounded actually which is interesting so the the, 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 what happens, it's like, it's like if, if, if I was to drop you on the middle of an island and this island is surrounded by water and you're on a cliff too. So you're like way up in the sky. I dropped you on an island. You're, you're surrounded by a cliff and I put a blindfold on you and I'm just like, dance, like dance mm-hmm. on this cliff. You wouldn't move a muscle because mm-hmm. you're blindfolded. You can't see. And if you, you go a little bit too close to the edge, you're gonna fall off and die. And it's kind of like what going headfirst into the feminine without any ability to hold your own self mm. first is like. So, if I put a, a guardrail around the cliff, like that was completely secure, and then I told you to dance, you would dance. You would dance, you would feel open, you'd feel free because you have got yourself. Mm. you've got yourself because the feminine is is mysterious as all fuck Mm. it doesn't have much rational thinking to it the actual feminine the actual feminine is very embodied very expressive and she doesn't have fucking words for why she doesn't need she doesn't need to Mm. she's just emoting she's just this constant river gushing with emotion Mm. and it won't make sense most of the time and when we step into that that territory of, of finding our shadows, finding the part of us that is a glutton for attention or feels self-loathing or feels immensely jealous or feels high on life, full elation, despair, and, and like all the different things, when you go into that territory of feeling your bottomless pit of emotion, mm-hmm. you're going to want to... have little bit a little (laughs) bit of solidity and if you don't have that that's when the actual lesson that's waiting for you or the the beautiful embodiment that's waiting to be felt and integrated is gonna feel uh, like more trauma in your system Mm. I I was I was talking about this with a friend the other day about um, cold plunges are kind of like this Mm. like if you do a cold plunge but you haven't been training for it your body's gonna register it as trauma Mm. like you're dying but if you work your way up to it and you, you've learned Wim Hof breath and, and how to be in, be present in the cold water and and metabolize it then it's going to be medicine mm. it's either trauma or it's medicine mm. and you're responsible for learning how to make it medicine
2: mm. instead
1: of telling that the world is out to, to put it on you you're, you're choosing this path of feminine and masculine harmony not just
2: one or the other. Yeah. And that's super empowering to be able to have the tools to understand and differentiate. And also I think that so often many of us are raised to just fix our intense emotions rather than just hold space and really allow it to, to move through our bodies and feel it. And, and that's really where, you know, the healing comes from. And, and you know, if we're—I I had once had one of my mentors say, like, "There's all this shame around having like bipolar emotions, where you're changing emotions all the time, mm-hmm. and actually, it's super healthy because you're you're allowing it to move and you're holding space for that. Um, it's like if you ignore the the feeling that's there, it's going to keep on manifesting, which isn't always great. Totally. So,
1: and that's what that's what your lover wants more of. That's the thing people don't understand is that. This work this especially feminine embodiment work what it's doing is making more of you available to be loved and to Mm -hmm. love it's not just Sally the one who is smart funny and directive those are great qualities and it's so great that your lover gets to to love those those three Mm -hmm. main parts of you that you identify by but your lover also wants to love the part of you that is a hot mess, who is a sacred slut, who is helpless, who is devotional wife, who is angel, who is, who is Lilith, all those different parts. It's such a gift to be able to express all those different sides of you because that means more of you is available to love. Mm. That's all
2: that's a beautiful way of putting it like all of these elements of yourself, whether it's an emotional state or even like the trauma that you're still healing, it makes you a whole person, which also makes you more relatable and more interesting and someone that's on their path to, to find their purpose as well, or to live in embodiment of their purpose. So I'd love to hear more about how you create this polarity in like a dynamic with a partner, like what are some tools or even just like mindfulness to be aware of in that space.
1: Yeah, so there are three different dynamics that you'll be in at any given time in a relationship. And this is something that I learned from London Angel Winters. Mm. Um, And it's super helpful to to think about because every relationship is going to come to a place where it's lacking spice. It's just a fact. Because relationships need sameness to work. And polarity needs opposition. Mm. It's kind of a conundrum. Like you need to have things in common to make a relationship, but you need to have opposition for there to be eroticism. Mm. There needs to be a distance to travel. So the three different dynamics you can be in is alpha, alpha, omega, omega, alpha, omega. And alpha, alpha is like the, the power couple who knows how to get shit done. You're both in on... Handiwork of the house or the chores or paying bills like it's an energy that every couple is in at, the, at least at some point And then Omega-Mega is more like the laid-back friends it's the part It's the connection you have with your love when you're pretty relaxed No one's making choices or decisions and things are just really easy. You found mm-hmm. a rhythm that feels really smooth Both of those are great, but there's no opposition. There's no yin and yang. There's no distance to travel. There's no tension Mm. There's no tension. There's no movement standing across from depth. Shiva Shakti energy, the, the 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 holder and then the, the energy that the, the holder is holding. Mm. So we have to learn how to do that. And normally what that means is one of the practitioners needs to enter the omega pole. You can absolutely like like a a, 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 the masculine practitioner can absolutely create a moment of polarity by doing something that increases the depth of the moment but my my work is around helping women feel more empowered in that dynamic so normally it means the feminine practitioner needs to stop being so alpha Mm -hmm. stop trying to tell him everything to do or direct or be in control and embrace the part of you that is able to fall into your back body and mm-hmm. to receive and to bring energy so literally you can create polarity in any moment by by playing with a different energy mm. playing with your giggle playing with your roar playing mm-hmm. with your your drama that's what I teach specifically I, I teach something that I've called artistic intimacy which is creating art in your intimacy Mm -hmm. literally how do you turn a trigger into an artistic piece of sacred theater Mm -hmm. and like really enliven the moment and and go full force in it be so dramatic like i've been angry i was angry at a lover and um the way that i revealed that was by putting my hair in pigtails and sending him a video of me throwing a little girl tantrum and, like, that's how I reveal my anger about something. And he's such a fuck yes to it. He's like, this is beautiful. Thank you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. And then there are other moments where it's it's super, like, quick in, in the heat of a moment where you're both just doing something that is pretty mundane, like cleaning the pots and pans. And you see your partner is cleaning the pan in a way that you don't like. Like, he's using way too much soap or he's scrubbing too gentle or too hard. And instead of... Staying in alpha, alpha, or even worse, you depolarizing the moment where you emasculate him by going, you're doing that wrong. Mm. How do you actually reveal your truth, which is I don't like the way you're cleaning the pan, but in such a way that creates polarity. So you could faint on the floor and just, oh, you're doing that thing with the pan. You're killing my pan. And just like fully faint, go to the ground. Grovel. Um, I was talking to a client today, and she was telling me about she and her partner disagreeing on how to train their dog. He wants to be super loose with the training, and she wants to be really like rigid, really, and, and get him to be trained as he's a puppy. And she was like, "I don't know how. I keep I keep yelling at him around this because I'm so agitated that he's not training the puppy the way I want us to train." And I go, well then how about you just put a collar around your own neck and then you go run into the room on all fours and you bite at his pant leg and you try to pull down his pants and, you, and you, you say something playful just like, help me, I'm a puppy that just hasn't learned how to be trained and I don't know how to stop pouncing on people and just become the theater. And you're revealing at the same time that see, this is what happens when a puppy's not trained, he's gonna mm. pounce on a pant leg but you're also doing it in a way that's playful, artistic, and sexy. Mm-hmm. You're becoming a puppy wearing a collar. So those are some examples, and that's my, my, my bread and butter, is how do we create polarity in the moments of tension that are also healing to our own, shadows Mm. because these are the places where you're not gonna want to play like you're fucking not gonna want to play and that's why it requires generosity Mm. you're mad your heart is closed you want to stay that way but not in this work if you want to actually be committed to being devoted to love above all like mary magdalene you have to be willing to be a fool Mm. in love too you can't keep your i am a post-feminist movement woman and I only do things this kind of way and I will never ever pretend like I can't do something and I will never ask my man to do something that I can do myself Mm. and I will never be on my knee like you know you can choose that path or you can choose to realize that you're always going to be an exquisite post-feminist movement woman who's powerful and exquisite and you can play with the part of you that isn't it's a lot easier it's the path of least resistance honestly and it's the path that brings i think the most love
2: yeah i'm really happy you touched on this element of feminism as well because it's definitely something that like you know like uh, 10 you know 7 10 years ago i would have been really triggered by like this understanding of feminine and masculine and i'm happy that you you mentioned that and if there's anything else you want to put here for people that may be like having that struggle because i know it's something that i now realize like oh this is energy right and and it's it's more about the energy and less about these constructions from society so if you have anything else to add but i'm pretty happy with with Mm -hmm. what
1: you said as well um i was thinking of something yesterday actually i i i had a i had a a recent experience with someone who's very much a fan of these this polarity and um It wasn't done well. Mm. It actually felt more like the patriarchal role. Mm. So it is energy. Mm. And it's not going to be... It's not a given that this is done correctly just because someone's into this work, you know? Mm -hmm. So I believe in this work wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. I feel very clean in it. I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I trust my body when I when I feel like I'm playing and it's fun and when, when I feel like I'm being the woman who's bringing the energy because my partner says I have to and it, then it becomes a job mm-hmm. and the other parts of me who are not energetic are no longer accepted. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. And this experience that I had, there was so many beautiful things about it, but there was just the partner that I was with was getting triggered at times because I sometimes brought no energy and I was just bringing my truth in a very like plain way and they wanted me to always bring it in in this feminine embodiment embodiment mm-hmm. way and what I came to realize is that like as a feminine practitioner my main mission is to be devote, devoted mm-hmm. even in gene keys I don't know if you're familiar with that but mm-hmm. in, oh God, okay I'll tell you later But my my main life's work is devotion. My Mm. name's Madeline, Mary Magdalene, devotion. Like, it's Mm. written in everything that I know I'm here to be devoted to to love above all. Mm. And so if my main mission is devotion, then obviously in partnership, that's where it is too. Mm. Which means if my main mission in partnership is devotion, I have to feel the part of me who's devoted to Mm. somebody else outside of myself. Mm. And that was hard for me.
0: Mm. It still is
1: hard for me because my greatest wound is thinking that someone's everyone's out to control me Mm. because I was raised by a mother who's narcissistic and always was out to control me. So my first association with love was control. Mm. Now, how fucking perfect is it that my greatest wound is that (laughs) my man is going to try to control me and shut me down and silence me Mm. at the same time? What I'm here to do is to be to be devoted to the person who is trying to love me well, which will sometimes feel like control. Mm. But It's not protection. Mm. Not to say that I need protection, but you know, there is an energy of the masculine that is protection that I fucking love. I love it, yeah. and I get so triggered by it. So, this experience I have recently brought me to some really beautiful like i was really proud of myself for the way i handled it because i could realize fairly quickly this isn't polarity in the healthy way that Mm. i want i'm getting a little bit shoved into a box here a polarity box so there can Mm. be boxes here what i have really come to to honor within myself is that the man who receives my my full devotion is the one who also lets me go Mm. in a way like I will feel fully devoted to the person who loves all of me, all of my art, even the art that's not fully energetic as a feminine embodied creature, even the part of me that's close-hearted. That's the person who gets my deepest devotion, is when I mess up, I fuck up, I'm I'm doing things boringly, normally, or whatever way, and and they still see me. They still love it. and Mm. They get the devotion effortlessly. It's not forced devotion. Mm. That's when it comes. And it's true. It's true and it's sound and it's holy. Mm. So I don't give my devotion to anybody because I'm supposed to. Mm. I wait until my devotion finds that person.
2: Mm. Beautiful. So
1: that's that's the
2: last thing. I was getting full body tingles and like my crown was lighting up when you were, when you first started talking about devotion. And I just wanted to share that with you because it was really beautiful. So thank you. Uh, And I, and I think that what I really got from this is this idea of really like touching in with yourself and being like aware of like, does this feel good? And like, am am I feeling in alignment with, with this experience? And if not, why is it because I'm not being respected or is it because there's a trigger of my own that I have the opportunity to work through? So I think that that's, that's really beautiful. Would you agree that that's yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And
1: oftentimes they overlap. Yeah that's the hardest part Mm -hmm. and that's what's mostly the case is that you're going to feel a trigger and you're going to feel your nervous system giving you like this is a red flag this man's trying to control me this man's trying to control me and that person also is offering you a gift to be able to release a lot of that Mm that um that that mommy daddy fear that you've had carried in your body Mm -hmm. and they might do it not very well and it never really was about that that person. And you can still walk away with a little bit more nervous system healing, whether or not you stay with that person. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they're they're too triggered to be with you. Mm-hmm. It's not always gonna be perfect. And you have to listen to your body of what feels like what feels like an opportunity for healing and, and what feels like sorry, what feels like an opportunity for healing and you're gonna stay. Mm. and what feels like an opportunity for healing and yet you're going to leave <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's always an opportunity for some kind of healing.
2: Indeed I love that seeing everything as an opportunity for growth is definitely I think one of the tenets of this work so beautiful. I have one more question about this specific like follow-up and then I, I'd like to go into my, kind of my closing questions and, and, you know, that last follow up is what, what advice do you have maybe for people that might feel like silly doing some of these embodiment practices or like they have a hard time connecting to that, like that element of the theatrics?
1: Hmm. Advice. Uh, honestly, this is a practical tip. Mm-hmm. Go to an improv class. Mm. Improv. You just it's uncomfortable because you just don't do it you don't know it. it's not normal mm. it's not normalized uh, so these parts of you feel really silly I, I hear this all the time and mm. that's why being a devotee to love means being a fool mm. I think it's very similar it's being a fool because you it's like you're you're a sacrifice mm. like let your let yourself be a sacrifice be humble Mm. be used as an instrument for for love because mm. if this moment is fused with more love simply from you making a sound that you think as a professional woman you shouldn't make <laughs> then be a fool for that make those sounds be in th- theatrics bring your body online because that's bringing your sex more online too mm. like i there was me before making animalistic sounds in sex, and then there's me after. And totally different women. Like, completely different women, because there was so much repression around the part of me that's a lion, like a mm-hmm. kitty cat. And, like, I've realized that this, the, the most exquisite thing for me in sex is bringing the lion energy to life. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to get there unless I first, like, opened my throat a little bit more and let out some lion's breath, even though we dare not do that in the Bible belt. (laughs) We wouldn't do any of that stuff. back. Nothing like that was there. It's where the most freedom lives. So my practical tip for that is take an improv class, take an acting class, get on a stage and do something silly because once you're witnessed in that state, it's so much. It honestly Mm -hmm. takes one time. It does. One time to be witnessed by like 10 people. Have 10 people watch you do the thing you never want to do, and your body will remember it forever. And, And have them give you praise afterwards.
2: Yeah, definitely, especially if you're able to do it in a, a sacred or a safe space, which to me, a class is such a good, good way to do that. And I think another thing that came to mind for me as we were saying this is that it's okay to borrow someone else's energy or like borrow their belief for a second to get through that interaction and then then be able to integrate it into your experience, like to almost like channel like, oh, I'm channeling Madeline Moon and like her yeah. energy to under to try to do this and like so you almost become her for just a moment so you can see what it feels like and then it becomes easier to make that a part of your own experience as well yeah
1: people tell me that all the time Mm. that they channel me (laughs) it's such a compliment so sweet (laughs) but they channel me and then they end up doing something silly and every time they message me and say it worked yeah brought more love to the moment so channel me all you want (laughs) beautiful
2: thank you for your permission um okay so i'm just going to wrap up with these bonus question the bonus question and then um, we'll chat about where listeners can find you, but if you'd like to start with what awakens your Eros, what turns you on, what makes you feel erotically alive? Hmm.
1: I feel so, man, so many things now. Oh, I get turned on from like the wind. Um, let me hold on, I don't know this for
2: a second. The energy just shifted, like really
1: <laughs> intensely by the way. I don't know if, if the listeners can feel it, but I was like, whoa. <laughs> I put it really like in some thickness. Yeah. <laughs> <time. I should laughs> really oh, it yeah. got so intense. Yeah. My face is red. Mm. Okay, um, hmm. There's something about I mean, I'm getting words like slowness, oil, skin, smell. Mm-hmm. I'm a very like, I'm very physically turned on. I mean, it kind of sounds silly saying it out loud, but I the minute I'm in the presence of like skin that I love, I get so turned on like freckly skin and, mm-hmm. and like this, the, the musk scents and oils all over the body and hair pulling. Um. Why <laughs> this, this is like having such a reaction? Um. Yeah, that's about it for now. <laughs> I like that we started with wind and we got there. Like, I, I love it. The human experience is a it's, wild it's, it's thing. So many, like, I'm so, so sensory oriented. Mm. Like, I are you familiar with the erotic blueprints? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very, mm. uh, very much a sensual. Mm. So when I touch skin slowly and squeeze and I, I'm, i really love pain. So if I get mm. like just a spanking in the middle of the day, like it's on. Love that for you. Yeah, thank you. Love for me too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then to wrap up, where can listeners find you or support your work with you? Yes.
1: Yeah, so you can find me at Maddie moon.com. M a D G Y on Instagram. I'm at Madeline moon. M a D E L Y N M O O N and I have so many videos there ex- showing what polarity looks like in real time. Like, I'm creating so many videos that show you any kind of given mundane activity, how you could turn that into a polarized moment with your partner, how to turn your triggers into art. And I have a workshop on there called uh, Artistic Intimacy, so you can go to mattymoon.com artistic. And it's only $47, and it gives you a really beautiful insight into what it looks like to create artistic moments in your love life. And um, I have a podcast called Mind, Body, Musings. That's been around for seven years. I'm not creating as many episodes these days as I as I have. I've kind of taken a break, or at least like m- might take a, a season break and then do a, a new season. And then lastly, I am this is exciting and it's still in the works but I am creating a very small intimate container for about 10 women. and It's going to be six to seven months of a very deep deep dive where I am going to hold this space around how to create artistic intimacy and do this kind of shadow work as a group and it's going to involve making these sounds and bringing these parts of yourself to life and bringing uh, embodiment improv acting polarity tantra sexuality all the things in this sacred space so i'm making the curriculum for that right now and uh that'll be released soon i'll announce that on my instagram so people can just stay tuned for that
2: beautiful yeah maddie creates super fun and like they your, your, your reels are amazing Thank like you. they're super relatable but also goofy enough um so definitely some great resources out
0: there Thank you again, Madeline, for joining me today, and I also want to express my gratitude to the listener. Thank you once more for opening yourself up to the idea of sacred sexuality. And if this podcast resonates with you, I'd love to hear it in the reviews. It means the world to me to hear your perspective, and your reviews also help this podcast become a bit more relevant in search results, which means that more people are able to benefit from the wisdom of spiritual intimacy. And if you'd like to take an even more proactive role in awakening the collective to sacred sexuality, I'd love it if you screenshotted this podcast and shared it on your social media. And if you do so, please tag me so that I can thank you personally. With so much gratitude and love, have a sexy and spiritual day, and I'll catch you next time on Talk Tantra to Me. Ta-ta.